Hey, this is Jacob. Just before we start the recording with Vicky and I of Urgy, just to let you know, there's some some technical issues. Vicky gets a little staticky at some point, then then we stopped the recording, and then we came back a couple days later and finished the recording. So that happens. Uh, it's I think a good discussion. You can listen to us struggle with ideas of who gets to be an artist and what does that mean, all based around. Uh, article by Stella Duffy that you can find in the show notes and, and maybe you want to read it first so you have an opinion and then you can yell at us and even send us emails about that and uh, so here it is uh, enjoy the show this is part one uh, one two three <laughs> I think I think the space between those is actually like the space of the internet between Calgary and Toronto. Yes. Yes. Uh, hello. Welcome to welcome to Urgy. Welcome to the Urgy podcast. Uh, I'm Jacob Zimmer, and I'm Vicky Stroich, uh, and and we both do things dramaturgically, which is the Urgy in in the title of the title. Uh, it's this is a podcast about theater and arts and leadership questions, and then whatever life. Thing has thrown at us. Life, whatever life has thrown at us in what will be a, a regular schedule of bi-weekly conversations. Yeah. How was your week? My week was very full. We uh, opened a show last night, The Last Voyage of Donald Crowhurst by Eric Rose and David Van Bell, nice. uh, which uh, ATP produced in association with their company, Ghost River Theatre. So... We were in previews, and it's an extremely ambitious show. There's a lot of live video, speaking of, of delays and trying to you know mitigate delays. Uh, and it, it's, it was a, it's huge. It's a really big, ambitious piece. And every night this week, they really use their previews. They really use their previews. And I was the production dramaturg on it, so... It's nice. It was nice to be in the, in the room as much as I was able to in the last little while, because um, my other gig... Uh, often keeps me out of the rehearsal hall, so it's always nice to be back um, interpreting interpreting theater, right? Uh, not just Who, budgets. Yeah, yeah. Finding story in in stories rather than stories in numbers, which is yeah. important to do. Important, important to, to important do. Important work to find the stories in the numbers, but yeah, also fun to find them in the stories. Yeah. So it was a really full week, but it was great. And the show opened really well last night. So I'm very, very proud of it. And so feeling great, feeling great this morning great. and really <laughs> in the way that one feels great after opening, which is yeah, like perhaps a little, a little hungover, elated and a little foggy and a little hungover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very good week. How was your week, man? Uh, it was good. I was doing work on the Toronto Arts Council and Banff Center on the Creative Leadership Lab, and we released the info about that. So the list of the 18 participants who are coming, which is a pretty amazing list of people. I could probably find it for you on the internet. And so we did three days of design work on that, uh, basically just trying to make a frame that will then go to curriculum designers, and they'll work from there. And so that was great. Uh, super engaging, entertaining, mind-bending work about what what leadership might look like. Some really nice, I mean, some stuff that even in 
even in what we what our topic might be for today uh it was really good clarity around the uh, thinking about leadership as something that is not located in in heroic people but is relational and therefore is a, a like a leadership is a thing that happens a leader is just someone who is currently doing some leadership things like it's not mm. It's not trying to think about like how do we how do we make you into a better superhero so that you can you know save us all from the impending doom, but rather that we can all be heroes, and an entire team can understand that leadership is a shared thing yeah uh, and so that was great and and trying to work on thinking about what that actually means in terms of training and talking in what experiences lead to understanding that. So that was a lot of good work and, and exciting, exciting opportunity. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty great, has the potential to be a pretty great meeting of people. It's, it's an amazing group of people from a, a very wide range of arts organizations and types of work. And so that was, that was a good week to do that. But yes, also very full. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today we're, um, I'll go in a little bit later today because we're, we have our, what we call our raucous caucus, which is um, Mm -hmm. an emerging artist uh, day. So right now they all got up bright and early. They, they were at the opening last night, all of these um, about 80, 85, uh, you know, artists, emerging artists. And, and it's kind of, it is sort of open to anyone who identifies as emerging artists. You don't have to be under 30 or anything like that. And, uh, they're, I think they're all taking a projection design workshop this morning right? because there's a lot of projection design in the show. So they're taking projection design workshops and I get to host a, a conversation with David Van Bell and Eric Rose, uh, about their process. And, and it's interesting They're they teach devised theater as well and dramaturgy for devised yeah. theater and and so it's it's interesting to to think about the intersection between the what what they've done and the sort of process they've developed over their years together right. and how they talk about it with other folks and even this week hosting a few hosting a few interactions with them in our audience um it's been interesting to sort of uh i feel like like blow people's minds a little bit about how how much work exactly goes into creating a piece of theater. Right. Um, and, and to sort of get that conversation going, uh, and try to break down some barriers between what people are seeing on the stage and what, and what, you know, their uh, maybe perception of what the artists went through trying to create it. Yep. And, uh, and that that's been an interesting conversation and I think there'll be more of it today. And that's one of my favorite things about when the, when the work that you've been working on for so long meets the audience and meets people, it's, it's being able to really talk a bit about what, what goes into, what goes into the design and and creation of something and how people can interact with it and learn. It's, it's kind of, it's exciting to be able to share that. And it's also exciting to, that they have so many possible intersections between the, the work that they do and, and people being able to, to learn, learn about it and get their hands on it. Yeah. And how, how long are the 80 
Like, is it, it's the weekend? It's the, like, how long well, are they're they here involved at ATP? They're here for a full day today of programming. Right. Starts at 9, ends at 9. <laughs> well, Actually, yeah. it ends with a, <clears throat> we have a, a lo- there's a local theater company that also likes to sort of create events called the Major Matt Mason Collective. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they've created a, a Crowhurst and projection design uh, inspired party to sort of close out the night. So I guess it goes until more like midnight right. if you, if you count that <laughs> projection party. <laughs> what was the name of that company again? Major Matt Mason collective. Oh, do I know? I like that they're a collective named after mm-hmm. one person. Yeah. Who are they? How do I not know these people, Vicky? Oh, well they're, they're very youthful. Oh, they're very um, youthful. Oh, they're very youthful. You know, us old folks, mm-hmm. uh, you, like you and I, Jacob. Yeah, um, we don't see the youthful people anymore. No, we just don't. Uh, no, they're, they're this group of local Calgary artists. And one of them, Jeffrey Simon Brown, just graduated from the National Theatre School in, in playwriting. And, and, and he, but every, every year when he was there, he would sort of come back and this group would get together and, and produce a play or produce... He's, you know, they're also all in bands and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so they sort of create, they've created this scene and what they saw, what they saw lacking in Calgary was, uh, was a a theater, um, a sort of theater space for, for young people, like, and for people who were just coming out of school and, and what, what their, what their lives are like and what they're actually dealing with, as opposed to what a playwright in their you know, fifties or forties yeah. or fifties is imagining they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, for young people by young people yep. <laughs> sort of aesthetic and they're, but they're really fun. And, um, it's definitely got a, a very, uh, energetic r- raucous vibe for sure. That, that entire company. So they're very fun. And so they're co- they're sort of co-producing this weekend with us and, um, we're doing, we're doing one of Jeffrey Simon Brown's new uh, plays uh, next year in our season. So it was, it's been kind of fun. So we're, and a lot of those collect, those collective artists are likely going to be in it. And um, so it'll be great to have them not just in the house today, but right. also I think in the house next year. Nice. I had a good time the year that I came out for raucous caucus. Right. Yes. Ravi and I, it was one of those, I think it was, uh, yeah, one of those moments of like I traveled all the way to to Calgary to hang out with a Toronto person that I never see and like have never spent as much time as as then. And Jacob Richmond, I met Jacob Richmond. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of it's it's funny. I have that experience too when I travel other places. Yeah, where you actually you get to spend time with some of the people that. Live in your own city. Yeah. Yeah, we all just get so busy yeah. in, our little, in our little worlds that we forget to have conversations with each other until we're, you know, sitting on a bus heading to some conference location yeah, somewhere exactly. or we're about to, you know, have a panel discussion or, or, <laughs> or an, in, an interview exactly. with one another about something. Yeah. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun, it'll be fun. And it's always like, it's a huge priority for us, uh, at ATP and, and especially this year to try to 
invite people in and actually create some interaction between what's going on on stage and what what how you know what what's happening in people's lives or what they're curious about right which maybe is a a, a segue to to a topic uh our nominal topic uh so so some back so Stella Duffy it's uh, an article that will be linked to at show notes and show notes are available at smallwoodenshoe.org slash SWS podcast is where you'll find find stuff and and or on your phone actually most of you look down at your phone flip up from the nice image of my fortune cookie and there should be show notes. Anyways, show notes. Uh, show notes are available there. But Stella Duffy, who is a woman who I only found out about last year. She's a UK theater artist. And I stole the name for Fun Palaces from Joan Littlewood, who was a British theater maker up into the 60s and 70s. And I liked the name and I liked what it stood for, which was a, a meeting of art and science that's sort of what I was most focused on, a sense of play in a meeting of art and science. And, you know, I did my Google searching. I didn't think it was, you know, nobody else was using the name. Uh, and, then, and then Stella Duffy, who worked with Joan Littlewood, has started this amazing movement in the UK. And last year was the 100th, would have been Joan Littlewood's 100th birthday. And so they did a weekend of fun palaces all across the UK and all across the world, wherever anybody wanted to, wanted to do a fun palace, they would do a fun palace and the rules were bit, much more focused, less somewhat on the art and science, but also on everybody an artist, everybody a scientist, which was one of the other sort of philosophical underpinnings of, of Joan Littlewood and of the fun palace. And so she, Stella Duffy, made this sort of amazing community arts event that really did have, like, I think over over 100 fun palaces happened on that weekend. Wow. In lots of different towns. And, and it was a sort of where Joan had been really fighting for one building, her and Cedric Price, like one building, one permanent building that would be a fun palace. It became this sort of pop-up. Like for one weekend, there can be hundreds of fun palaces. And so because of its success, it's now going to be a yearly thing, um, which sometimes makes me feel bad about our, you know, Google competition. But anyways, uh, and so she just published a thing on the stage blog, uh, four ways to make the arts for everyone and not just a chosen few. And, and, you can go and, and read that now if you want to go through the links. Uh, but there's sort of four points, and I thought they would be interesting to talk about because I find them cha like challenging. Some of them I agree with, and some of them I agree with and disagree with, and all of that. And I wondered what what you would think, Vicky, mm -hmm. about these things. So what's her, her four ways to make art uh, for everyone? What, first of all, do you think that is <laughs> um, taking a little bit off of whatever rhetorical hat we have to use in, 
in public because <laughs> mm-hmm. this isn't public at all. Uh, oh, this isn't th- just a private thing. Yeah, this podcast is just a little thing private, that we just thing. sort of. Well, yeah. you know, given how many people are listening, it might as well be. People write in, give us feedback, let us know you're out there for the love of God. Uh, so stop building. We have enough buildings. So, so her first thing is is stop with the the building of new arts buildings. Well, it's it, it's interesting, and and there was a huge conversation about this at at the Professional Association of Canadian Theaters conference this this past year. The the you know, is it better to have a venue or not to have a have your own venue? And it's interesting because I feel like. Some of the best things I've seen, uh, some of the best things I've seen have not necessarily been indoors even. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, and I'm also, it's an, it, I have an interesting perspective on this this week because our, uh, the theater that ATP works out of, uh, works in, it's our home and has been for, since 1985, is uh, this, a beautiful theater uh, called the Martha Cohen Theater, and uh, the namesake of the theater passed away this week. Oh, and uh, Martha Cohen, Dr. Martha Cohen. And also the way that The Last Voyage of Donald Crowhurst is made, it kind of opens up the space. There's no masking. Right. Uh, and, you you know, there's moments when you see all the way to the back wall. So they've really, t- you know, taken away some of that, you know, the, the magic of, of hiding things. <laughs> yeah. And put it all out there. And I was looking at it the other night, and I just was sort of in awe of that theater space. Yeah. Uh, absolutely in awe of it. And, and really, it you know, as with all spaces, they have their, their difficulties. But it's, um, it's really beautiful and really warm. And, and when, when there's that big audience in there, like last night was, you know, full. There was standing room. We were at standing room only. And it was amazing, like, to sort of see it. And so... And, uh, there are there, but that's an old that's an older theater, and one of the things that I find kind of frustrating is that is that there's no because it's not new, we sometimes have a dif- difficulty getting uh, getting support for right. it because you know if you're not breaking ground somewhere right. and building some new you know thing in the sky or whatever you're doing, um, people aren't necessarily paying attention. Why would you, you know, it's an old thing. And that's, that can be pretty frustrating, especially when you've got these, these beautiful spaces. And, and this one is, you know, purpose, purpose built to be a theater, but there's so many opportunities. There's so many opportunities. And I also think about, you know, the other thing that this makes me think about it is, is geography. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I don't know if it's true other places, but certainly in Calgary, most of our cultural spaces are downtown. Yep. In and and in Calgary in particular, there's a bunch of them within a few blocks of one another, which creates a sort of interesting, vibrant sort of district, and we're all much thrown together. Um, yep. I mean, you're literally in yeah, you're in one giant building. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's several of us in one building, and then across the street, there's two more. And then down the, down the street, there's like down the street, there's probably there's a you know there's one or at least one or two more. So people have to people sort of have to come to us. 
Yeah. And and we've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, Calgary's got some of the like highest parking prices in right. North America. Um, so it's a barrier. It's a barrier. And isn't, and isn't necessarily known for its public transit system. No, Is no. That safe to say. That's safe to say. That's yeah. We can. We're, that's we can that's say not that. controversial. That's not controversial. Um, I don't want to be the Toronto guy talking shit about Calgary. I, I hear you. Because I know that that goes well. That, yeah, it goes over really well. It's one of our favorite things to hear. Yeah. Um, but no, that we, we all admit that the transit system could be better. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I often think about all the people that we would like to have see our work who live on the, you know, on the edge of the city and, you know, thinking about how to take, how to take that, how to take our work out there and also how, how we see things that are happening on the edge of town. I'm one of the, I'm a, I'm a, I'm one of the weirdos that doesn't have a car in Calgary. Right. So my, you know, my circle of <laughs> my circle of experience uh, from a day on a day to day basis is pretty, it's pretty limited by, you know, places I can walk. Um, right. So I often think about, well, there's all sorts of things happening in this city. And if I'm responding to this community and, and if we're here as a professional theater company, that's, you know, reflecting life as, as Calgarians live it today, uh, I need to get out more. Yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a very current Toronto issue. And I think that's one of the things that I really relate to in the no more spaces mm-hmm. is she's not saying like there's a lack of access to space. It's actually this thing of there's so much empty space, you know, in any city, I think, uh, Toronto, especially there's tons of, you know, just on a given hour when, when I might be like, Oh, I need a space even to rehearse. There's, of course, empty rooms everywhere in in a city, right? There are empty schools. There are theaters that don't have anything going on in them right now. And I think, you know, her call for trying to occupy all the spaces, trying to fill all the spaces before the new shiny object is, is again, and I think all of this, I, I guess in part I was thinking about it because of what I was just talking about with leadership is the heroic model, right? The, the big arts, the big new arts building is also the heroic model of architecture and of, of fundraising, right? Have find, find the one person who's going to get their name put on a new thing because, you know, because now it's time for another round of new things. Yeah. Instead of figuring out that, Oh no, we can't actually, use the spaces that already exist or how can we use the spaces that already exist without needing to spend, raise millions of dollars and, and do those things. What is my relationship with you know, the Legion that I see across the street from me every day? Where I'm like, I really should just go in there because I bet they've got a bunch of big open space that I could rehearse in. Yeah. And I bet they could use the revenue. Yeah. And wouldn't be billing theater rate. Like, and maybe we could work out some other deal where I could help with their social media campaign. You know, whatever. Like, it's there are possibilities beyond the rentals of the halls. And I think it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing in Toronto that's being seen of 
all of this, like we've got a lot of storefront theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Almost potentially one could, th- it, it's beginning to get talked about as too many, but not when I think about it as a neighborhood thing. I mean, one of the things about Arts for Alls that really frustrates me is that I can't, I can't make, I'm not going to make a show for the East End of Toronto because I don't live there. Like, I have no connection to that neighborhood. I should be making it for my own neighborhood. And, and that the idea that any arts organization has to, or especially a small one, Mm-hmm. So I think we can later in her four points, we can get to that, what she thinks about the bigger ones. But if you're a smaller company, the idea that the entirety of Toronto is my market is partially true for the theater people who are going to come and see a show. But it's not true for like the people who are going to walk to see my show. I like the idea that there's a neighborhood storefront theater in everybody's neighborhood. And... And, of course, that storefront theater will attract some people who, you know, have heard about the playwright, are friends with the actors, like that kind of theater, whatever. You can build an audience that takes transit to get to your show. But you can also build the local audience. And they're like, and then maybe we don't, we don't need the storefront and, and the shopping market or the shop. Uh, forgetting all of their names uh we don't need those they're not competing for the same audience they're actually like there's a little bit of competition but they're also a local theater yeah and we don't have that and and the theaters that we do have we forget that they were sort of local theaters everybody lived around factory and like where factory and Passmarai and those theaters in toronto are people lived there and those used to be cheap places to live and yeah, so there's something in in the in a call for arts for everyone as as taking over buildings in other neighborhoods but not doing it because not not being a drop-in art, right? Like not being like I'm going to go it doesn't make sense for me to do theater in Etobicoke. I don't know anything about those people. Mm-hmm. Uh I can I you know there there's other things I could do to make connections, but it's not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't rent a storefront to Etobicoke and just do a show. Like, that's not the way to solve this. But in my neighborhood, and as artists are slowly pushed out of downtown, like, we're, ac- we're actually all traveling to go to the theaters now because none of us can afford to live near, like, Bathurst and Queen. Like, that's a very expensive neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I think that, that sense of using the city space, but using finding the space in the neighborhood is always something that I've that I think about, if not have always been successful in in organizing. But yeah. it's it's really it's really certainly and it's certainly a focus at the at the arts council's level in Toronto. I mean, in Toronto, it's a political issue because of the suburb versus downtown fight that the right wing likes to instill yeah. into our politics. Well, Calgary Arts Development, um, which is our funding body here, they created an, an arts plan, an arts strategy for the city, and it's called Living a Creative Life. And right. it, <clears throat> when I was reading this article, it, it made me think a lot about that because um, there's uh, you know several different uh, aspects to it, but one of the things is, is you know, what what our relationship is to 
to communities and and how much access uh, how much access people in Calgary have to arts experiences and it's it's interesting because it, it you know and you know as you were talking about uh, factory and and even Tarragon is in a particular neighborhood and and all those places it's what's kind of funny is uh, in Calgary all of this stuff is is downtown or you know even even that there's a, a theater that's in an old pump house that's near the river uh is that down- the Francais? Hmm? is that the french theater uh, they may use it there they may okay. use it but it's the, it's called the pump house theaters and there's two there's two theaters in this building and it's um and it's used by a, a range of different you know community theater groups and uh it's it's nearly impossible to get to like it's in this strange right. obscure place that's like uh you know i thank god every day that um, we have our, like, we're on the C train line, you know, whether you like the C train or not, or whether you believe it's a good system or not. Sure. At least, uh, at least people can get, know where we are, basically. But there is this, uh, like, obscure space that a lot of, a lot of community theaters use that is nearly impossible to get to. And it's interesting, like, and, and I'm no, there must be performance spaces and there are performances happening all over Calgary. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've been thinking a lot recently about how we even move. And, you know, one of the other points in the article is about, um, encouraging people to encouraging touring, um, yeah. and, and moving work, moving work around so that you're truly, you know, national <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, truly Calgarian, if I'm even thinking that way. And I, I've been starting to think about, well, what what would happen if we were able to take one of our shows, one of the one of the shows that could be scaled to different sizes, yeah. into different places around Calgary? Absolutely. Um, there's a whole bunch of new. The YMCA is building a bunch of new uh, recreation centers here, working with the city. And they'll have art spaces in them, and so we've been talking to them a little bit, and and uh, and it feels really vital and exciting. And I think, I think Arts Club Theater in Vancouver does a bit of this. I think they go up to, I think they go up to Burnaby, right, with shows. And and I've always yeah, there's of, been Vancouver the Shadbolt Center. I feel like people go between downtown and the Shadbolt in in Burnaby, and I love I love the idea of in city touring. Like it's yeah. Toronto, you could very much do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all work is going to fit this way. Like, not yeah. everything is going to be appropriate, and not all artists are going to want to do it, and that's all fine. Don't worry, everybody. We're not. I'm not proposing that everybody has to do the same thing. Uh, but it really is. Seems like uh, even east to west. Like even for me to be able to go and do a show in Leslieville, mm-hmm. and then do that show in in the West End. Yeah. And not not think that, oh, just because I'm doing it in the West End, somebody from the East End can get here. It's like, sure, they can, but, you know, we live busy lives, and mm-hmm. the TTC's a little frustrating in the winter. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's nice to be in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a lot easier to think about going out to see something if it's nearby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. 
which I guess is sort of this next one uh, in the bigs, which you guys are much closer to me than me, than me. Uh, so if a company has the word English, national or royal in its title, make sure they live up to it, uh, which, I, which I like. I think feel like England has more of those than we do. True, but... Yeah, uh, it's. But I, I guess maybe maybe I should hear the Calgarian talk about this because I feel like you guys, that like Toronto, I'm like, what do you mean? All the national theaters are here. They're in all. They're all in Ontario. They're very national, aren't they? Cal- mm. Calgary. Hello. Hi. Um. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I mean, even when I think about the name of my theater company, which is Alberta Theater Projects, mm-hmm. what expectation comes from us? Comes you know, or even. You know, Theater Calgary is another company here. Uh, it's, you know, so so there's almost a... Yeah. If one were to take this, if one were to, to take a look at this, um, in theory, I guess, Alberta Theater Project should only be doing Alberta art, Alberta plays. And and what's funny is, is that Alberta Theater Projects I don't started... Think even, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just taking this... Yeah, I'm just sure. taking it to a... Uh, uh, the... Alberta Theatre Projects is a, has the reason we have the funny name that we do is because when the company started in 1972, it was a theater for young audiences company that only did new plays about Alberta's history. Right. The, that's why we have the wacky name that we do. Um, and the company has grown and changed and, and you know, continues to have a and it, with the you know the the new canadian plays are such a huge part of what we do and we try to think of canada as being as broad as possible um but yeah it's how, what that what that legacy is and what your responsibility is to but it's funny i think there's a difference to me there's a big difference i so arguably yes you should be the you guys aren't actually the regional right so there's a category of theater mm-hmm. branded by the Canada Council as a regional theater. And that's a historic thing from that era, but it's yeah. Neptune in Halifax is the regional. I think Canadian Stage is the regional mm-hmm. in Toronto. There's another interesting example anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so so it's not so much for me that the, especially around the playwright, right? So as a not-so-playwright-centered maker and as a maker who wants to make things about history and about science fiction and not not always be located in in physical place or be working with like a a Toronto writer to make a Toronto story that I think it's my my desire for it is like to bring those people in that it's not the playwright that if you're hiring Alberta people and if you're telling stories for the people in Alberta. That's what Alberta Theatre Projects is. I don't... The script as the sort of marker of where our nationalism lives seems like a very 70s Canadian... Like that push of nationalism and that push of repatriating our constitution. It's like, we've got to get all our words. They've got to be our words. Uh, And I don't necessarily know that I think, you know, that's something that Ghost River makes that is based on some, you know, old folk song of Portugal. Like that's that <laughs> or or, you know, like, or whatever. Or right now, I mean, a show about uh about a man in England in 1968. Yeah. 
that that's that's a as sailor. much as an yeah. yeah that's as much as a Alberta theater project mm-hmm. as as it you know they certainly shouldn't have to try to shoehorn that story into no. a prospect you know uh, whatever bad sort of everybody's worst idea of CanCon. I mean the the other thing too is is that like things are either intensely local now or they're global. Right. And and so hmm. even the what's relevant to me as a as a Calgarian uh Canadian and Albertan yeah. woman uh yeah. you know a 37-year-old you yeah. know like there's all these things so there's you know what's happening in my immediate neighborhood there's what's happening and then there's there's larger there's larger things that are that I have more access to that affect my life. Absolutely. Um, and so it is interesting to think about that that sort of s- 70s style of of um, nationalism or 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 um, voice like. Yeah, and I get where I get where it came from. I totally get where it came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm uncertain, like it, it has become conflated that the, that where that mandate sits, there's, there's crackling on the Skype that I am hoping in all of our recordings will just not be there. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, but so, Some people yeah, still live in the seventies though. Sure. Probably. Oh yeah. I, I, I see that. And yeah. which gets us also to excellence, right? Like the. So her next of the four, stop with the excellence. And this feels like the most controversial, including to me, that so in England, and I think it's the same as us, she talks about the Reithian belief. And I looked Reith up and he's, that's me saying, like, that's when I talk about the Massey Commission. Like I talk, when I'm talking about a generation of theater in Canada, I talk about it as Massey Commission theater. Uh, you know, out of the Ma- the Massey Commission comes along at the same time as the Canada Council, and it is the support of Canadian professional excellence in the arts, and a sort of nationalism, a national project that we will make great temples of great art, and that will rise us all. Like we will be, we will all be civilized by our exposure to the great works and new great works. And in the creation of new great works, a new great nation will rise, rise again. Uh, Yeah. So we've got this notion and she talks about, you know, the belief that arts are better than craft. Professional is better than amateur full-time better than part-time and then puts the little snide thing in there, right? Like, tell that to the engineer Dostoevsky, the doctor Chekhov. Stop with the idea that one tiny group gets to decide what work is excellent and and that some work is excellent and some isn't. Which I hear and I totally get. And I also am like, no, but some work is excellent. <laughs> like, uh, there is there is work that is for watching and there's work that is for doing. And we shouldn't... I want to be able to understand those as different and not oppositional. Like there's work and that's excellent for the doing and all like that that's that there's a difference in the participatory 
model. There's a difference in how people connect and worried about sound. Don't be alarmed. Okay. The, you know, it's interesting, the concept of excellence, I, I, I feel like there is, um, this is, this is absolutely the most controversial point for me. Yeah. Um, because I, I do feel like ex- excellence and in, in a high quality of, of work and, and that someone who has devoted a significant amount of time, you know, and it's true. Yeah. Dostoevsky was an engineer and Chekhov was a doctor. Um, they're, why, why do we? Why are we still talking about them? Not their engineering. No, but or, nor, but, nor. Like, so there, there's something. The, there's something that that about the value of excellence that's really important. Now, here's the thing: I don't think excellence for excellence' sake is enough. Right. That's that's where I this. Something is something can be excellent, but but if there's no conversation around it. Or no interaction with it. Then okay, the, the noise is so bad that I, I want us to stop. <laughs> so we are going to stop there for this edition of the Urgy podcast. Um, just because the sound got bad and then we ended the call and then we we had it we followed up the conversation and we'll have that i'm going to release that um soon but i it's better in two parts i think so we're going to leave it in two parts so this is the conversation of the first three points and then we come back and we talk more about excellence and other things where can where can people find more of you on the internet well on twitter i'm at vicky stroich and, How do you um, spell that? Spell that out for Oh, me. that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's V-I-C-K-I-S-T-R-O-I-C-H. That's nice. me. Nice. That's you. And I'm Jacob Zimmer, at Jacob Zimmer, uh, which is J-C-O-B-Z-I-M-M-E-R. Uh, on on the Twitter, this this with, this with podcast with, with the notes, show notes are at smallwoodenshoe.org. If people, if you want to uh, go to the iTunes and give us a high rating, uh, that would be great. It's a nice way to pass around the notice um, to your friends, but also just sharing and getting feedback. Did you get, did you get feedback on, did you get, we got a couple little nice Facebook things, which was nice that people Mm -hmm, listened to the last one. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I did. I got a. Cu- I got at least one email, a couple oh, of emails nice. um, from people who had heard it, who uh, who really appreciated it and, and appreciated the conversation, and, and also I think appreciated this sort of. Um, I, I heard the vulnerability of us talking about generosity. Right, was uh, a high point for some people. Right, so we we like hearing that, and that will help us not only feel good about ourselves and what we're doing in our life uh, <laughs> but but also you know if you have something that you would like us to talk about or questions those are welcome to um so yeah that's smallwoodandshoe.org or itunes and urgy podcast we'll get you there right away thanks vicky thanks jacob thanks for getting up and and sharing your breakfast with me up, up and at a man yeah go have some coffee 
Yeah, I'm, right. I'm headed there right now. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.